Welcome to Guaranteed Adventures and our very special creator quest with Dale from Right on Dale. This is episode three of Eshabel Tolls Fallen. Now, because it's been a little bit, I wanted to make sure we were all on the same page. When we when I described your introduction to this cave, to this system that you have happened upon as your people arrive back in their home, their homeland, essentially, you, you notice as you're standing around that central atrium, that wide opening, that there are some fissures in the roof. And occasionally you feel scattering of dust and sand falling down on top of you. It's not that big of a crack. With the gusts up above, above ground that are pushing the dunes, there is some, there's some scattering of sand and some pillars of dust that come down and illuminate this pillar of light that shines through that crack. That's the only way that you really have light in here is through that. And as this light, this beam of light is coming down in the center of this room, each of you has the capacity to see more clearly. It is not that difficult. It's got some traditional stalactites, stalagmites. Some are dripping, some are bone dry. You see some scattered animal remains like mice-sized and maybe even little dog-sized, but nothing bigger than that. You will know that across the way there are three dark or four dark tunnels. Some of them smell more rancid than the other ones, and I think we did roll to have some of us discover which ones those were. For now, all I'm going to say is that Grumbjorn has assembled this group, you three together, it sounds like you've kind of agreed to kind of help explore and find food. Isn't that right? Yes. Great. So this Doug looks behind you all and you see his face kind of harden a little bit, but then he just kind of shrugs it off. All right. So back over there, we've got, uh, what's your name, love? And from behind you, you hear Kiadra. And if you look, you'll see this very live Wolfkin, a wolf folk that's walking up with another wolf folk, uh, Wolfkin, excuse me, who is quite large. If you were to look at your programming, this might be a light Wolfkin woman and a heavy Wolfkin man. Um, both of them approach together. The man is much more stoic and the woman is much more soft. Um, she's dressed in almost like a ceremonial type of dress, a cut and fabric that you're not familiar with as in Troll, Scaladrin, or Torin. And as you gaze upon them, their dress is very, it's quite simple. You know, they're very traditional folk, and it looks like this is much more ceremonial. It's very light considering the desert climate and their fur. But as you are watching, they really do their best to avoid eyes with Nyrex. And they are speaking Yes, we're here. Um, if you need an, any note-taking, I've been sent by our magistrate to ensure that we are of service. And she's, you can tell she's being diplomatic, but there are some subtleties there that if you want to roll more, you can if you want to roll for social. Um, the larger Wolfkin crosses his arms as he makes contact, eye contact with the troll. So, Festeg, mm. I'd like for you to... This will be interesting, but I would love to see what happens... In response to this man, he is trying to intimidate, but I'm going to have you roll with advantage using one of your social skills to resist that. Okay. Uh, could I do it uh, with awareness just to try to kind of... Oh, yeah. Reading the room. Awareness is very empathetic, so if you get a success, we can flavor it in that very empathetic, I know what you're doing kind of a way. Okay. Four? <laughs> Total of four? Yep. So you are successful. You do resist. I think that there will be... The, the next interaction that you have with him, be it combat or social, I will have him do with advantage, but you okay. are able to resist. The way that this kind of scaling works in my engine, this will be for your notes as players and for those that want to play the game. I run off of a... And with the dice that we use, I go, if you have a D6, a 6 is considered a crit. A 1 is considered a critical failure. Anything in the middle is either a no but or a yes but. So gotcha. if you have a D6, a 2 or a 3 would be considered a no but. Mm. A 4 or 5 would be considered yes but. So where you got that 4, that's how I'm ruling that. Okay. Now, Doug kind of beckons them both over there and he points out the other guy. You, what's, what's your name? He's looking at this Wolfkin and he's, the Wolfkin kind of frowns. His jowls sag even more. Sage, 
Right, that's a little weird. So, great. <laughs> you, you're going to stand over here with these blokes, these three? He points at you three. Uh, you three are going to go hunting, and you're going to go find ourselves some food. Going to see if you can't cultivate a little bit of a farm so we don't just eat out all of your wildlife here, and then we can actually start to grow some, uh, I don't know, a little, little, what you call it, pig farm? I don't know if they have pigs here. Just find some animals, bring them back here. We'll see what happens. Sounds, uh, sounds good. Let's... Uh, did we decide which tunnel Vestig Nyrax? I believe you guys had des- decided on second from left, so C, C on that map there. Okay, yep. You do have the option to choose any of the tunnels, by the way, but as we explore, just know that that is how uh, I'm going to be exploring that with you. Gotcha. So, you go up through Tunnel C, and you have this sage, this wolf, this wolfkin following you. I would love for each of you to roll some kind of awareness, yeah. or excuse me, any kind of mind or soul stat, specifically instinct if you choose mind. Mm. I think uh, Wintrek will roll uh, aware. Great. Pestig is going to roll instinct. I'm rolling instinct also. Great. That's uh, a seven for Wintrek. You... <laughs> I rolled instinct for Sage, this Wolfkin, and he is absolutely brooding at the sight of Nyrex. Oh. He is at the back of the pack. He is he has elected without saying anything. He waits for everyone else to move forward towards this cave before he moves out himself. Now, with that seven aware, you are you know that you know that he is that's not a crit, perchance, is it? No, no, it's not. What did you get on your die? Four. Four? Yeah. That's that's still fine. With a seven, I'll, I'll still count this as an, a more advanced roll. Mm. Because of that, because you have the ability to learn a bit more here, I'll say that this is definitely, I'm sure you can pick this up as a player, he's definitely got a grudge match, and I'm not really even sure how to explain it to you beyond that he hates... I think I'll give you this nuance. He doesn't hate Nyrex. He hates Skaladrin. Okay. It's more of a more of a generalization. It's a very general. Than he races. Very. It's like racist. prejudicial, racist, yeah. even. Yeah. Gotcha. I think you would even be able to glean that this. I'll give you this last bit. With the interactions that you've had so far, you would know that. As soon as he's out of eye shot and ear shot from anyone in authority, including that other Volskin that he walked in with, his temperament may change. Mm. I'll let you do with that what you will. For the instinct rolls, what did we get? Two plus four, so six. Plus two is eight. Ooh, so you got a crit. By crit. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. You are going through these, this cave, and it is massive. It is 50 feet in diameter. And you're you're walking down this way. You're trying to see through the dark. If anyone here knows magic, I would say we can do a little bit of experimentation here. Experimentation yeah. is a mechanic that is a part of spellcasting. Okay. In order to cast a spell in the future, you have to either prepare it beforehand or create it beforehand. Okay. So your experimentation, you're going to pick a modifier. You're going to pick a specific target, range, and or effect. So you could use this to cast fire. You could use this to cast light even. But it's going to, you will have to use a specific stat effect to justify what this thing does. If if it is a light spell, that would be instinct because instinct has to do with your sensory capacities. Yeah. So does that make sense? Yeah, I think I think I will... Uh, go ahead and try and uh, just maybe conjure up some balls of light. Um, Love and, that. And kind of have them uh, fly a little bit in front of us. Great. So the effect, the range is going to be, I'll give that 15 feet. Okay. Any spell you would spend one mana to cast. And one mana includes your range, your effect, and your target. Because there's no target, I will justify that you can extend your range. Okay. So you can go as far, I would say with this little mana, you can go as far as probably 30 feet away from you. Okay. 
So not the full distance of a one of these spaces on this map, but definitely far enough to be able to see far ahead of you. Yeah, I think I want to ex- expend. Uh, let me know if I need to do expend additional mana for this, but I think I want to have them kind of like in a line going out in front of us, so we can kind Ooh, of see. F- that's like, good. Yeah, see maybe like dim light further out, and then better light as it gets closer. Let me do this. If you pump in another mana, I will let you extend the range by 10 feet. Okay. Yeah. So if you have a range of 30, you can go one ball further out to 40. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go ahead and do that. Great. Keep track of that. Okay. So is that um, I, is that then three mana that I'm expending? One for the spell and then... Yes. Okay. One for the spell, one for 10 foot out, another for another 10 foot Another 10 foot. Perfect. You now have this train of glowing orbs of light that are now floating up the hallway. And I would say they are locked in relationship to you. If you see them coming around the corner, you may have to expend some concentration to make them go around that corner or to even just pause them before you get there and then launch them out again. Gotcha. Maintaining a spell will take probably one mana consistently every, I'd give it six seconds. But for you, your recharge rate is also six seconds. So yes. it's kind of a moot. Yes. So you at any time have one extra mana until you dispel this enchantment. Gotcha. All right. I've actually, I think, unless I did it wrong, I think I've got two extra mm. mana. Oh, that's something. right. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. So I could do. So you have, you have improvised a light spell. Yeah. And you can now write this down and write down any effects you want to recall for later. This is how players will create their spell book in this game. You literally create your spell, and you keep note of it later. If you lose track of the spell, you lose the spell. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's brutal, but it helps you keep track. Oh, yeah. Now, what's funny about the rolls for instinct, guys, you you are able to smell, and with these lights, you are now able to see perfectly clearly. With a seven, you see that the walls of this tunnel were definitely made... You know what it looks like to see water create erosion on a dirt plane. You know, when water is flowing, it creates a little divot in the ground and eventually it widens and turns. It can be dangerous when it gets too big. But for the most part, you know what erosion does. This tunnel feels like erosion to you. And it's not necessarily, it's not, you wouldn't have, you didn't roll intelligence. You can if you want to follow us up. But you don't think that it has to do with water. This cave very much has a melted quality to it. And knowing the history of this place, knowing that this area is technically volcanic, I think that even if this was a new site to you, you would recognize the smell of sulfur. You would recognize almost that brimstone type of quality, that hellish quality to this stone. In some areas, it looks like glass, like obsidian that we would call it in our in our modern understanding. But in other areas, it might be very difficult to really justify that. You know that this subterranean area is or was some kind of volcanic in the past, but that's not what draws your eye. With that crit, I want to give you a little more detail. You notice that in in places throughout this tunnel, periodically there are scrapes along the ceiling. Now, this tunnel might be 50 feet wide, but it's technically a lava tube. Our understanding as players, a lava tube does not empty completely out at the bottom, the lava will typically drain towards about halfway and then cool and harden flat. So that's exactly what you're walking on. Maybe there's a thick dust layer, but that is you are walking on volcanic stone that dried and cooled. The ceiling above you is still 25 feet in the air. And there are scrapes and lines along the walls and along the top, lining your way going into this tunnel. Like, is it a continuous scrape, or is it like a scratch mark it's here, scratch mark there? Yeah, it's as if something scratched the top and then dipped down a little bit and then scraped it. It's almost random, but it's like whatever caused those scrapes was adapting to the depth and width of the tunnel itself. Okay. As if they were pulling themselves forward. Now, if you guys would like to continue to explore here, you can. Uh, you can use any of your mechanics to do so. If that's your base stats, if that's your stances, would love to explore that with you. However, if you want to just keep pushing on, that we can do as well. Can we try to look at the, like, look closer at some of the scratches that we're seeing to see, like, try to figure out if it looks like there's the claws, like, which way this, the scratches were being dug in? 
Yeah. Why don't you, if you go over to one of the walls, I would love for you to give me, what kind of role do you think he's going for? He's using intelligence here. He's trying to discern what direction he's going. It might be, I could justify it being as like book smarts or even like the awareness again, to be able to understand like what is going on here. Instincts is much more sensory. So it's what you're taking in using your sight, smell, hearing, taste, and touch. Sure. And it's pretty limited to those things. I think I know it's kind of a hindrance for you, yeah. but go ahead. What do you think? <laughs> I just kind of feel like I feel like it probably would be a smarts thing. Like even though my guys, even though Festig isn't the the smartest one, in the bold, bold right. bunch, like it still probably be a, <laughs> a smarts role in the bowl. Smartest bowl in the bunch. That's what I heard. The audio clipped out, so we're gonna run with that. That is <laughs> He's not the smartest bowl in the bunch. Yep. <laughs> go ahead and roll for me. All right. Uh, that is a four. Four total. Yep. Five minus one, four. (laughs) Where this one is a little more difficult to parse together, I will give you some information. But again, it's not a crit, so it's not yes and. I'm not going to give you everything. You can tell that these scrapes go in both directions. So whatever it was, it was coming and going. I will not tell you which is the most recent scrape. Okay. I'll let that float on the air for you. (laughs) Nyrix wants to look at the wolf kid more and see if what trying to get a feel for what his intentions are yeah. if he's like very openly aggressive now that he's away from his other people yeah. i want to use my instinct let me see this to... how do you want to parse that do you want to use empathy or do you want to use your intelligence and observation? well observation would be probably the best like my instinct or instinct yeah, yeah. I, I would say that's as far what... as like parsing intention that's either empathy or smarts but just observation I would say you could definitely roll instinct yeah. again. I just want to see if like he's like grab grabbing for his weapons or like like, like has some kind of yeah. nervous habit in a way. You know? Smart nervous habit we could definitely do. With instinct. Um, go ahead and roll with instinct, yeah. That's another crit, so eight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. As you guys were walking up the corridor, you noticed he was resting his hand on the pommel of a sword. Now, for him, as just a big wolfkin, that sword is probably considered to be maybe a long sword to certain lineages and certain races. Uh He has since shifted his hand from resting on the pommel down to the handle itself, but he's gripping it tightly. As far as the fur is concerned, you wouldn't be able to tell if he's white-knuckling it, but it's, it's not hard to guess that he would be pretty tense right now. With a crit, I would say that when you try to make eye contact with him, he looks away. He intentionally tries to look at the walls. He's looking at the scrapes now that he's seen someone else kind of doing that as well. And I think there's definitely a tension here. Now, again, you guys can feel free to jump into whichever mechanics you'd like to test. Yeah. To play, explore. Those could be your base stats, your basic checks. Those could be your stances. And trying to play more towards what your character has been built to do. Um, just know that social will probably get you further with Sage, the Wolfkin here. Beyond that, I think I'm I'm prepared to move forward. If you guys would like to explore more, that's totally cool. Yeah, let's. I think we let's go ahead and keep going down the down the uh, path a little ways down into the cave. Excellent. I'm gonna start having my hands close to my daggers though, too, just because he's got his by his weapon. Okay. Perfect. I don't trust That's him. great. Now, all of you are going up this hall. You are listening. You're hearing the water drip it, drips from out in the cave kind of fading away. There's not a whole lot that you are concerned with back there at this point. You come around the corner. Uh, you can go to your... You can pretty much go straight, and that will descend down to a depth of negative seven. Negative seven spaces. And keep in mind, a space is 50 feet square. The other direction kind of follows around, again, a negative two, but it actually goes out and away. This little ring that you see, the first ring that kind of comes around the wall and around that step, that is at the same level as negative two. But there's also an opening. It's almost a skylight of, of some kind. The walls and ceiling have collapsed in the center. And another very convenient pillar of light is giving you guys the ability to see into what lies before you. This cavern is absolutely monstrous 
It is probably more than 100 of these squares deep, and probably that many wide. You see many pillars of light that are descending down into the cavern. And I'm not even going to make you roll for this. I'm just going to describe some of what you see. In the distance, and even up close to you, if you look over the ledge here, because this is a ledge that drops down from negative 2 to negative 7 spaces. It's a very deep drop. You see stalactites that have actually fractured, and there are gems within. And you would assume that those gems are magnetic because the stones that would have surrounded them and have fractured off are now in orbit around them, slowly circling. These purple and pink glowing gems are floating in in air around these gemstone stalactites and stalagmites. They are offering a sort of ambient light as well. So the entire cavern is bathed in this. There's something that you notice is very strange about midway through the cavern. There is a beam of light that seems like it is incinerating the ground in the middle of the cavern. It's it's not quite like a beam of fire, like a laser, but it is hot. You can feel the heat radiating, radiating off of this as with, you would assume, in time with the sun, now that it's coming down from high noon, that the angle in which this light is hitting the cavern floor, whatever is above it has focused the light of the sun and is now burning a line across the ground. That line from the far side of the cavern to the other side is glowing, perpetually glowing. It is as if that beam of light has started to change the stones beneath it to radiate heat. It is almost perpetually melting and they're, it's actually crystallizing in some of those places. It's a different crystal than the pinks and purples that you've seen with this strange magnetism and floating rocks, but it is bisecting this entire cavern in half. Could I use instinct to see if this hole, or or maybe it's it's pretty clear that is this hole because of what this hole is? Is like it's been created by the light that just constantly is shining on it, or do I need to use the hole meaning the cavern itself, or the meaning tunnels? like that negative yeah. seven drop off? Like is is that where the light? You would imagine. I think that in the course of, let me actually have you make either intelligence. Or instinct. Okay. I'll go ahead. If you're curious about that, if anyone wants to assist, jump in on this as yeah, well. Yeah, I'll, I'll do uh, instinct. Great. Uh, it's only a three. I'll, okay. I'm also curious. I'll roll instinct as well. Go for it. Two plus four. Uh, that's a six. Two plus four. That's perfect. So I'm going to treat that as a dirty cool. crit. Um, with the three, what you would glean looking down over the edge... I'm not saying this is canonical, but that deep down, the difference in elevation between you and the ground, that's probably 250 feet. Oh, okay. And for a moment, that's got you a little bit little, woozy, little, just trying to take that in. Torrents are more uh, open air, open sky, wide plains type people. Definitely. That tracks. So I will, I will say that that is a no but. So I'm going to give you a little extra with that look. You can tell that wherever there's flat on the ground far below you, it looks as if it is an ocean that has been frozen in place. Very gentle waves, nothing like super crusting or huge, but very gentle waves, small little ripples in the ground. Now, with that dirty crit, I'm going to give you a little more information. You would know, based off of the smell that you've gotten, based off of what you've seen, the volcanoes that you've seen as you've come to this region, the the small little burbling ones, little lava pots, you would know that this looks a lot like an enormous lava basin that happened to have cooled. And I think that's exactly how you would frame it, because there's no, with something this big, there is no comparison. But this is what you would notice. This is what you would see. I'm going to turn to Sage and uh, just kind of say, Sage, um, have you had any experience with something like this? before you heard of anything uh, caverns of underground or anything <laughs> you know why don't you just uh, put your nose somewhere deep inside a book for a while and do the research yourself and he will lumber off down the incline if you see on the map those green arrows reflect a 
those actually reflect an overpass. Okay. But it's still a decline. It's going down to that negative seven elevation. It'll take you a bit, and it is kind of a steeper climb because it's literally almost at a 45. One thing you will notice is that this portion of the pathway, as many as these tunnels and this ground at the bottom looks volcanic and natural, this slant going down into the deeper depths is very artificial. In fact, I will say roll me an awareness. That's a seven awareness. You are fully aware that this could not have been made unless it was by magic. Okay. Uh, I think Wintrek's then going to... I'll just kind of start after him a little bit, not um, Mm -hmm. like following him too close, but definitely keeping my uh, eyes, ears, just like my feeling uh, open to try and sense any kind of residual magic that might be lingering around here. Let's do this. Have you dispelled your spell thus far? I think so. If if it's light enough for us to see in here now, I I would have, yeah, taken those globes of light out. Yeah. I think that the ambient light is enough that you can see where you're going. Okay. Maybe not to get fine details at a distance, but definitely enough to be able to see. Gotcha. I will give you... Another spell, another opportunity to compose a new spell that gives you the chance to be aware of existing magical energy. So keep in mind, you're going to be using a modifier to cast the spell, right? Mm -hmm. But you're going to be picking one of your base stats to be aware of magic of some kind. And I do say that very specifically. I I want to give you a hint in how to compose this so you can start getting ideas for what you can do with magic. And how well you roll is going to affect how you compose the spell. So I think I want to use aware for sure, just to kind of mm-hmm. uh, be, because that's what I'm, my power is attached yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, so that's a seven. Perfect. Okay. Let's start composing together. You want to have a given range. You want to have a given effect. I'm not sure that the magic has to do with a target. It's amplifying your own capacities. Yeah. So let's say... Because that magic is already within you, that's essentially the target, and that's redundant. I'm not going to have you compose a spell right. on yourself. Um, let's pump in some range. How big do you want this circle to be? I think I think I want it about a hundred feet, but but not something more that's uh, yeah, like a hundred feet. But the intensity is just like, mm. hey, I want to know if there's like just a, getting like a tingle from over here or like. Not the Peter Tingle. Exactly, the Peter Tingle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just watched that for the first time the other day. It's, it's a good movie. Oh, awesome. It is um, a good movie. But yeah, just like getting aware of, of what's there, not necessarily figuring out what kind of magic was used or how long ago, but just like, hey, this is the presence of magic exactly. at all. Yeah. Okay. That's going to affect your range, too, because if, if you want to know the specifics, that'll be an additional mana. For now, I would say drain your mana okay. right now, all six points, okay. and you should justify both the range. The range for me is much more about extending and multiplying the effects of previous range. Gotcha. Now, I would only do that considering that you have, I believe you have a magical talisman, yes. right? Some kind of magical item. That's why I'm multiplying gotcha. it for you. Talismans, rings, staves, staffs, all of those have the ability to amplify the effects of a given spell. Okay. So knowing that, that is how this is going to multiply. But you will burn all of your mana. Okay. And you will immediately put new mana into it as you are going through this. Okay. So keep in mind, you have no additional mana. In order to get all the way back up to full, you have to wait the full six seconds per mana. Gotcha. Okay. Now, you have that going off, and as you're going down these steps, each one of these is 50, so you can reach out probably basically the width of two spaces, but centered where you are, mm-hmm. okay? And it's 100 feet diameter. Now, as you're going down this slope, you're going down, and you pass by, I'll say, I don't have it marked here, but there is one of those smaller, you see that purplish stone poking out of a geode on the ground there. And it's that, it's when you immediately, as soon as that comes into into your range, boom, it's like, I don't know, how would you sense that? How would Wintrek pick that up on his radar? 
I think it would be more of like as he's scanning, as he's looking, uh, something that would give off some kind of magical energy uh, would pull at his soul, would pull more at like his his inner self and just kind of be like, hey, this is almost providing an emotional connection to that thing, even though he's never seen it before. You know, it's just kind of it, mm-hmm. that's it's like, hey, this is. This is connecting with you because of this spell. I think that that familiarity is going to, it's strange, but I think that in a lot of ways, that familiarity with that sense of magic makes images flash in your mind. Images of open prairie, gently flowing grains and grasses, wild lands. It's very peaceful. It's very familiar to you. Those are the feelings images i'm getting from that geode they're they're less that you're getting them from them and more that the feeling you have in bringing them into your awareness brings memories of your past okay you are you are associating this feeling with a memory of your own gotcha now you guys are continuing to go down well like like while he's doing his magic thing and and sage is in front of us right yeah like he sage is still behind you i thought you said he you started walking before us Oh, no, yes, you are correct. You are correct. He is ahead of you now. So while I'm behind him now, I want to talk to uh, Festig a little bit and just be like... Sure. What do you think of this sage? He's gripping his sword rather tightly, it would appear. Um, well, I just think... Keep on the alert. Look out for stuff. Look out for sage. If he tries anything... Are you going to do anything, or are you just going to leave me and him to fight it out? Well, I mean, I got my big stick, so... (laughs) So you're with me? Yes, I guess. That is all I wanted to know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Making sure I have friends and not... That's so good. Neutrals. I appreciate this, the... Assistance if I need it. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, big guy. And I'll just like <laughs> pat him on this on his hip because like, he's like so he's really tall. So just... <laughs> and it's kind of like pat pat him on the head. I I love that energy. Yes. That is so much fun. Nyrex, I want you to make an instinct roll okay. for me. Um, that's a six, not natural. So four plus two. Four plus two. Got it. Uh, I got a crit for Sage. (laughs) Sage's ears shoot up, and his snout snaps out towards the dead center of that little central atrium of that new chamber that you guys are walking through. He has immediately snapped his attentions down there. He's almost halfway to that ground level, that new ground level down there, and he immediately starts to book it. Now, in your case, you would be aware of him doing those things, and look, now that he has done this, you now have a little extra juice that I'm going to add on to your result here. You see something moving down there. It looks like an animal. Can I try and see what it is, or is that not possible right now? So, yeah, from this distance, I would say I would require a mind, another instinct roll from you, just to see. It's still dark. It's not close enough to one of these ambient lights, but with a little focus, I think that you'd be able to get it in there. Uh, it's a four. It's a two plus two. Four? Yeah. You see... It's very weird. You were just... You have the ability to be familiar with your, your party, and you know that Festag has a shoulder brace, a, a shoulder pad, essentially, in what is essentially a juvenile shell spine. A reptilian creature. It's pretty big. He's a troll, so this is a large creature. You can tell from up here that that creature down there is an infant shell spine. And Sage is beelining for it. He's coming down and around the corner. He probably has another 15 seconds before he reaches the bottom and then has a straight shot at this animal. It looks like we are in for a fight with a shell spine. Uh, well, uh, I guess we should go go down, too. And... Oh, oh, we could stay. <laughs> you, uh, 
aren't thinking too highly of, of Sage, are you? I do not like him. I believe he started it. The feelings might be mutual. He started it. He I had started. no problems until he had a problem with me. <laughs> and because he has a problem with me, I have a problem with him. <laughs> well, uh, regardless, um, we should probably head down there. Okay, whatever you say. By this time, you start hearing the squeals of this animal, this this infant, this juvenile, and you see it's running away. It is running as fast as it can on all fours. I want you guys to picture for me. If you're familiar with dinosaurs, if you had a dinosaur phase, if you have kids, picture the Ankylosaurus, but without as part of a shell. Picture that doesn't have a club. Instead, even for a juvenile, Every injury, this thing has scrapes and scratches along its carapace, along its back, along its forearms. And those little scratches, they look like they have growths, like tiny little bubbles of bone almost. Some of them have started to become quite hokey. Along his face, he does look much more like a... He has a little bit of a beaked mouth, but you can tell that that's just the front of his jaw extending beyond the flesh of his mouth. He has incisors and molars, canines within that. So he's kind of a funky looking dude. His flesh is all almost ashy white. The bone is a very rich, tan, sandy color. But that carapace, that bone carapace extends in very light tones across his back, across his forearms, and even across his hips. But his tail, the only bony protrusions you see from that are little nubs that kind of spurred up randomly almost around the top edge of his tail and especially towards the tip. And all of that, as, as young as this thing is, the behavior is very infantile. It's running away from Sage. But even as small and young as this thing is, it is still at shoulder height as tall as Festig's hip. Ooh. It is a big hey. boy. Now, this... Wolfkin, Sage is sprinting after this guy. And I'm not sure how you guys want to go about this, but if you are going into combat, once you guys reach this spot, I think that once this Wolfkin has this thing cornered, you guys can roll Drive. Drive is the initiative of this game. I'm going to get Sages down. Okay. Can I roll some kind of smart thing to see if I like remember anything about oh, yeah. these? How, like... Like, I wanted to see if, I, if like, the child being alone is, like, no normal, or if, like, it's possible that the parent would be close by. That's a great point. I want you to roll smarts, um, roll instinct, too, because you can't simply observe. Do you want me to roll both or do I choose one? You know what? Why don't you do both? Okay. If you really want to tap into what your character can do, roll both two different okay. dice and remember which is which. Um, it is a five on for instincts and then a one for smarts. <laughs> so a crit fail. Oh, no, it's a two um, minus great. one. <laughs> Even better. So it's a dirty crit <laughs> fail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not that smart. Um, yeah, you have nothing brain wise. You have no <laughs> recollection of what's going on. All you know is the hunt. Yep. Um, you are chasing after this thing. And I think that with your background, your work as a spy, as a, as a, essentially an informant would give you this rush whenever you are, you have the jump on someone. And it's this same kind of pack mentality of any like wolf or dog or any like canine species in our world mm -hmm. that you kind of clue into here. This guy up ahead of you, much as he might be kind of a butthole, you very much understand what it means to be on the hunt for something. And that instinct of yours at a five, I'm going to give you a little bit of more detail. Being aware that this is an infant, you would know that there's got to be an adult. Got to be at least a young adult in the vicinity. Yeah. Um, and if this is an infant who stands at about five-ish, maybe four-ish feet tall at the shoulder, you could gauge that a young adult might be anywhere from two to three times that size. Yeah. But that is all that you would be able to get based on instinct and observation alone. Okay. Then I'm going to pursue, but also be on the lookout for an adult. Great. I will give you, actually, considering that you did get a total of five, from here on, I'm going to be playing with that. Okay. <laughs> so, 
Uh, let me get your guys' initiatives down. That is the drive yeah. mechanic in this game. So where you guys have it on your character sheet, I will write that down for so you. So we roll a six and add whatever our drive is to it? Yep. Wintrex got a uh, three. Festa got an eight. Whoa. <laughs> nice. Nyrex got well a done. four. Nyrex got a four? Correct. Excellent. And your boy hide at last, so I will make him. Actually, what is your movement score, Wintrek? Uh, minus one. Minus, <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, you yeah. are last, but that as a spellcaster, that can be pretty effective, so we'll write that down yeah. for you. As we're running down the hill, I think it's very clear that uh, Wintrek is definitely like letting gravity help as much as possible. Like He's not putting much effort into it, not because he can't, but because he just doesn't <laughs> i absolutely love that and now a word from our sponsor us get ready for an adrenaline pumping adventure with the guaranteed adventures clothing merch drop are you craving some high octane style for your next holiday or outdoor escapade look no further we've got the perfect gear to fuel your adventurous spirit and it's all right here at the guaranteed adventure store picture yourself on the most epic holiday of your life Deck down in gear that screams, Adventure awaits! Our clothing is designed to empower you to conquer the unknown, and we guarantee you'll turn heads wherever your journey takes you. We've got you covered from head to wherever your waistline is. And don't forget our premium accessories, our coffee mug, and a fanny pack. But that's not all. When you snag our exclusive merch, you're not just getting clothing. You're, you're joining a community of fellow adventurers who, who live for the thrill of the unknown. Connect with like-minded souls who share your passion for exploration and discovery. So don't miss out on the adventure of a lifetime. Grab your Guaranteed Adventures merch today and let the world know that you're not just going on another holiday. You're embarking on a lifetime of epic adventures. Visit our website, guadventurepod.com, and be the first to buy into your Guaranteed Adventure. Do it! So all of you are just kind of sprinting downhill, as goofy as that is for most people. We have freaking Festeg <laughs> rounding the corner like a linebacker <laughs> chasing down the quarterback. He is barreling towards this fight. We have Nyrex like a, a thrown knife, just surgical, sprinting after him. Sade is already with the beast. He's cornered over here against this wall underneath the uh, N ramp. You see there's an M and an N over there on the map. And finally, we have Wintrek sprinting after the rest of you. I will say everyone except for Wintrek gets an action on the first round because Wintrek is catching up. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> um, now, Sage technically is right there, but this little dude is just a little too rambunctious. Let me make sure oh, this poor guy, he's got a nat oh, one no. on his drive. Um, okay. So we have Festeg. You are going first. What do you do? Um, so I'm just kind of hugging the corners, like making my way down, and I'm just going to try to use the full momentum just to kind of dig my shoulder into him, like into the the shell spine. Mm. Okay. I want you to roll me brawn. Okay. With this one, I'm actually, do you have a scale modifier just yet? Uh, uh, one, I think is our scale. Yeah. One? Yeah. Add that as okay. well. Uh, so that would bring that to a, a dirty six. 36. Okay. So as, as we do this in combat for this game, we each roll, and whoever has the superior number wins out. Okay? Let me get this down. You have... My gosh, buddy! That's another that one. <laughs> oh, oh, <man>. oh. <laughs> So the difference, you get five points, five HP on this dude, and considering your size, considering his size, you both weigh the same. So you smash into this thing, and you... Knock him back five feet, but you are both essentially grappled at this point. If you want to keep on him, if it's just shoulder, you can stand away from him, but he is knocked back into the space next to you, okay? Yeah, I, I think I would be more keeping on top of him. Okay, you're wrapping him up. Then you are, I would say you're sharing the space. Okay. It'll be a little weird, but for theater <laughs> of the mind, it's wonderful. Um, so you have started wrapping this thing as best you can. Um, on your next turn, I recommend you've laid your damage, and I would say that you've caused him some stunning, so he's not going to be going soon, but I would recommend that you do something to try and wrap your arms and grapple him for okay. real, 
Okay. I know that's what your intent is right now, but your first attack was that action, your movement and then your action. Yep. Um, so everyone is aware you technically have two actions for your turn. That could be an attack. That could be a movement. That could be a heal. That could be a hold action. So as long as we have that clear, this is how combat will work. It's just like another game of D&D. It's, it's essentially the only difference is how you guys have the ability to choose your actions. It's attack, movement, heal, or prepare. Got it. So that was Festig, and he is preparing to grapple this thing, but it is crying out now. Nyrex, you're up. I would like to move towards this thing as well. Okay. And then pull out my daggers, spin them coolly, <laughs> all assassinating. So cool. And then uh, try and slash its neck. Because I think it's now exposed because he knocked it over, right? Okay. Yes, the underside is not protected. So you are going to roll, and actually, because it is unprotected, because he, have been, he is inventile, I will not be rolling a defense die. So, go ahead and make your attack okay. roll. That's just the d6. Add my... Add your weapon and your modifier of choice. Uh-huh. It's essentially how you're going to flavor what the attack does. So, since the dagger's probably more move, right? Yeah. The movement is like a precision hit, so I will let you do this, uh, especially when it comes to trying to hit that specific area. Go for it. Uh, eight. Eight. For the sake of those listening at home... But how is it done? How is the deed Just done? Very smoothly. Like I've done it thousands of times. I don't know how, but <laughs> I don't remember doing it thousands of times, but it's just smooth. Here's something that I wanted to do. I will send you the mechanics over text, but I will share it publicly so that you are aware of it and that those at home know what's going on. Our characters don't. So everyone keep that in mind at table. Nyrex. Every time you have a mention of something that is familiar to you, something that you don't understand why you know this, I want you to roll any one of your six base stats because each one is going to be giving you a who, what, when, where, why, and how of your past from the moment you lost your memory. Okay. Now, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be sharing that with you now. If you want to roll, because you mentioned it here, you can do it now hmm. because it feels so familiar to you. But keep in mind that it's not based on your modifiers. When it comes to your memory, this is just you burbling something up because of an action you've taken because of something someone has said or that you have even said. Mm -hmm. But you choose what portion of information you want to know from the moment that you lost your memory. And pick a modifier, and I will tell you which is which. Okay. Okay? I think right now... It's a little... It's a I little, think right now you'd be more questioning why does he know this instead of anything else. Why does he know this? Yeah. I think that is going to be... I feel like awareness. Now, if we do this, you will not be able to roll awareness again. Ever? Not to regain your memory, No. But because we're kind of crossing these things off, you could roll it again to get this specific intel. But until you come across it naturally, it won't be prompted by me. Okay? Okay. I will go for it. Go for it. That is a five. Five. That's still really good. It's at this point that you start to recognize flashes of memory in the same way that the sound disappeared from you when you were back in Krimrog's tent and his, with his family. The sound drops. It's not even like a descent into quiet or a descent away from sound. It is just gone. And immediately your brain jumps back into you landing on top of a wolfkin, slashing his throat, landing on top of the shoulders of a human and taking him out. A dwarf, a hellbound, this world's tieflings. Mm -hmm. This flood of memories over and over and over and over. You notice, if anything, the only thing that you realize is that it is basically limited to those races. Wolfkin, human, hellbound, and dwarf. And I think you would recognize that those are the predominant races affiliated mm -hmm. with Malvinora, the people that destroyed your confederacy. I think I would come out of that holding my head a little bit after I slice. Yeah. It's kind of like, what the heck was that? <laughs> yeah, I think that's totally fair. 
Absolutely. So, Sage's turn. Now, you have felled the beast. That is a five on the die. Let me bring my stats back up here. Now, the way this looks, this creature still takes up five by five. Five by five or space, mm. a regular space in D&D. And because of that, you all basically are surrounding him. Vestig is on top of him. Nyrex is near the near the neck. And by the head is Sage. Sage spins to you. And with his sword is going to try and take you down. You got a five on the die. Oh. He has one modifier for movement. And he has a plus two sword. So he comes at you with a total of eight points. Okay. Do you defend yourself? How would I do that? So as you do this, if he's attacking you, you have every right to roll a dice at the same time. And with okay. that, you pick whether you're going to try to use one of your base stats or just rely on your armor and hardiness to take the hit. It depends on how you want to play this. I think I would try to, like, since I've been keeping my eye on him anyway, I would, like, lose my movement to be, as if I knew this. he was going to do this at, at some point. That's great. To try and, like, duck it or jump it or something. Do it. Roll your die, add your modifier. You are not relying on armor, so don't add any armor or shields to this. Okay. It's a seven. Seven. You take one point of damage as he swings a blade okay. from behind his shoulder and comes at you and glances across your chest. All right. That is Sage's Ooh. turn. Wintrek, what are you doing? Uh... Wintrek will uh, finish running up uh, as coming coming down. Yeah. Um, and uh, as he sees that, I think I think what he's going to try and do has it been enough time for mana to replenish? As long as you have dropped the spell, it takes it took you fifteen seconds to get down here with the rest of everyone. You fell behind. Actually, I would say it took you twenty seconds. It's why you don't have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you're last in line. I'll say that. Yeah. I kind of went okay. back on saying that you would wait another round, but just for sake of continuity, let's just have you come up. Okay. Um, then, yeah, I think once we started running and had a different objective, he would have dropped that, uh, the magical. Yeah. I would say you have, it takes five seconds for a new mana to be replenished, if I recall correctly. Okay. Uh, six is what I've got written, six. but Great. that might be. No, if it's six, if it's one mana for six seconds for one round of combat, then that's basically mm-hmm. the same thing. Okay. okay. Um, so you can gain back as much as three points. Eighteen. Gotcha. Eighteen seconds. So three points of mana back. You have three points of mana to pump into one spell. One mana gets you a target, a range of two spaces away from you, and an effect. The effect may very well be HP. Keep in mind, when you're casting spells, you can use all ten of your base stats. Gotcha. Okay. That's it's the effect that you're talking about is assigning a specific stat to it so that the person receiving it has that effect. It's the same as if you wanted to buff a character, you could say your hardiness is a plus two. Gotcha. Ooh, okay. I like that. Okay. Um, I think what I want to do is uh go ahead and You are also in range within three spaces of everyone here. Okay. Uh, I think what I want to do is try and um, break the will of Sage. Just Ooh. like that that malice that he has that he's like holding on to and, and cu- using that to attack. I want to use my will against his, uh, but just try and yes. uh, subdue his drive, his will in that in that way. Okay. The magical effect is going to have some benefit to you. So I'm going to say, make your dice roll, add your okay. scale... And then add the modifier, the will that you've selected. I'm only going to be doing will against will here. Okay. For uh, Sage. Oh, that's a nat six crit. So that's (laughs) a total of nine. Holy crap. Um, He got a crit as well, but he doesn't have a modifier. Okay. So (laughs) you are, that was, holy crap, that was good. This guy is going ham. He is furious at Nyrex. And as this is happening, you see this and you cast your spell. What does that look like? How do you perform the spell? Uh, So uh, Wintrek has a staff that he's carrying with him. And uh, as he's coming, kind of lumbering down, uh, he's just going to 
I'll just point the end uh, at Sage and say, stop it! And just just point at the, the <laughs> side there, and there's a blue kind of pulse that comes from the staff. There's nothing that leaves the staff, but yeah. there's a pulse that comes from the staff, and then it, it kind of pulses on Sage as well. Okay. With that, that's a difference of three. There's not a really a health effect. I will say that with a difference of three, you have essentially three actions, not three turns. It will be one person acting, another action, another person acting before the spell comes off. For now, his will is dampened. Okay. So he no longer has that rush to try and attack. He's still mad, but that, Mm -hmm. that instinct and that sharpness of will is deadened to him. Gotcha. So, Festeg, it is your turn. The beast has been felled, and one of your allies, your associates, has just turned and attacked Nyrex. You've seen Windshrek try and combat this with his magic, but it's, there's still some fight in this guy. I'm not going to lie. There, there is still something here. I'm just going to try to take him and just, like, try to incapacitate him, just, like, slam him on the ground, just like, he said, stop. Okay. Make me a brawn roll. Do so with advantage. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, no. It's... Yeah, they both rolled ones. <laughs> so oh, that no. Is... no. <laughs> so, yeah. Is that what? a no and? That is, <laughs> that is a like no it's... and. Not only do you not succeed, on per the rules of no and, and because he's haven't even rolled a defense on this yet. Hold on. <laughs> that I am so sorry. That was a critical success. Um, when that happens, I think I'm going to make it a part of this in- interaction and maybe going forward. If there's a critical fail and a critical success, the success will be able to place full damage on the other person. So even mm. if you're the one attacking, the other uh-huh. person will still be able to reply with their own attack. So... Knowing that, there's going to be an instant. It's almost a reaction. This is essentially a reaction on his part. You can still roll defense, but you're doing so at disadvantage because you did fail. You have critically failed. Sure. Um, so roll again and roll. Take the lowest of the two die this time. I'm rolling now once more roll for his attack. <laughs> two sixes right there. Right, yeah. Sadly, uh, <laughs> no. It was a five, but then a two. Oh. A two. Okay. And do you have yeah. any armor or hardiness you want to add to that? Uh, So, yes. Like, I have my bone armor, which adds plus two. So, that's a total of four. And he's then... Got, he's coming at you with an attack of eight again. So, my so, hardiness go ahead. is also is a plus three. Yeah. I would say that would that reduce would that to five. Okay. <laughs> so his attack against yours over the top, that's actually, it's going to reduce it to one because his total was eight. You had an additional, yeah. So that balances out your hardy, your armor, and your defense roll. Nice. Frick, that was so close. I was like, oh, oh boy. This is not <laughs> good, man. <laughs> um, okay. So you now have the opportunity to, I'm still, I like shaking, guys. <laughs> <laughs> You, again, he barely misses you. As you try to come at him, you come at, you essentially announce yourself. He said, stop, which he spins at you, whirling around with his blade and nicks you across the stomach for one point of damage. All right. We now have Nyrex. How are you responding to this attack? I'm going to attack him back. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. Um, I would specifically like to aim for... He was holding his weapon on his right side with his right side. So he's right handed. I could tell. I want to try and slash his arm tendons so he can't grip his sword as well. Oh, and that was my second dagger. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go go. ahead. I feel like that'd also be a very, would that be movement kind of? Okay. I can see that. Because I have two daggers, so I can attack twice, right? Yes. So I want to like go towards his right side and like slash the tendon and then also kind of roll by him and then slash his Achilles tendon as well so he can't run. <laughs> That's spicy. Oh, I will see if you get a crit on even one of these, you can do both. Okay, Woo. so I, am I rolling two, two dice? Roll two dice? For sure, yeah. 
crit. There it is. Yes. There it is. Yes. Okay, so with the crit, uh, let's do this. You want the total two for what what I get? Yeah, so for both of those attacks, you have your damage modifier for your two knives. Add one to one of your dice and one to the other dice. Both of these are going to count against his HP, but you now have added status effects because of your crit. The status effect is maimed. Okay. Not only is he maimed on his arm, he has been maimed. Actually, let's do this. Because you did get a crit, I want to make sure this isn't too OP. I want to flavor this in such a way that it is fair. You get to pick, because of your crit, whether or not you slash his arm tendon or if you slash his Achilles. Oh, okay. I'm going to go for the Achilles because it was the second dice I rolled, and that was the second attack I said I was going for. That's so great. That's great. I would have been comfortable with either, but that is that is great. Okay, so once you have your total damage, let me know. Am I adding them together, too? Yes. Okay. Ooh. So you're going to be adding the first die, if you roll the crit on that one, and your plus two knife with the modifier you chose, movement. Great. That is your your total for the first knife attack. Does that make sense? Uh, that would be a twi- That would be 23 damage total. This is a mechanic that I have not yet implemented in any of my games. Okay. Any of my playtests, this is the spare or slay mechanic. You have him dead to rights. You have the ability to put him down right here, right now. Or you can spare his life. You have made the attack. He will faint here. But whether or not he lives or dies is up to the player's choice, not the character. Mm. And that will affect some of the karma coming your way because of this fight. I think as I do this, I'm going to like... Now, I should take a glance towards uh, Wintrick and see what he thinks for a second. Like, see if he. Because he was trying to stop him. Yeah. And, like, he has his instincts of, like, all this darkness. He's killed a lot of things. He literally just had a vision of him killing a uh, Wolfkin. So he's kind of in, like, a limbo right now. Like, a. Oh, I feel like I want to roll something to see if, if he dies. Uh, well, I could, I could let you know. Wintrick definitely has uh, a very heavy look of concern on his face seeing the the fight and the blades and the injuries that are going on. Um, and so that is what you... Uh, th- that's what Wintrick mm-hmm. is looking like. Yeah. Lugnarx has that going on in his head. He also has the whole, like, knowing that they're trying to rebuild themselves. So having inner fighting is not necessarily the best thing right now. But there's that whole he is. I want to say he has bloodlust right now because of yeah the uh, memory he just had. Yeah. So I kind of want to roll something to see if I if I can go for it. You the, the dice. Lust. Let me know what size and let me know what half of the dice, high or low, you want to dictate his life or death. I think I'm just gonna roll a six, and that's what we've been rolling. I'm gonna go for the lower. So the lower half would be death. Got it. And that's a one. <laughs> <laughs> so far on the death side. No mercy. Hurrying with his party, no mercy. You have just slashed his arm tendon. I would say you also slashed his vein. So he is bleeding out as you speak. If it's no mercy, what more do you do with him? I'm just going to leave him there oh. and say, this isn't the first Wolfkin I've killed. Oh. Apparently. <laughs> probably won't be the last. Oh. That's both dark and so good for that character. I love this. Yes. yes. Oh. I don't know how you guys are responding to this. Do you watch the two bodies bleeding out? Like, how do you... I, Wintrek is definitely just in shock, I think. Just kind of standing there. Uh, he just wanted stuff to calm down and... It is calm now, but it has escalated before it got calm so much. And so he's he's trying to internally process this. Meanwhile, Festeg uh, is more just trying to gather himself after that little bit of a shame was trying to slam him down, like trying to stop something, but just not really quite being prepared for the that cut across his chest. Like he's still like because there was a dagger, like he took his dagger across it. It's sword or sword. Yeah. Across. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like so, he's kind of still preparing from that sword, kind of reeling from that sword wound just a bit, and just kind of 
just saw what happened is kind of just kind of staring and just like what did i just see but is also just like he's not too unfamiliar with death either though that's just kind of like he's also kind of thinking like well we're here for meat we probably should pull this <laughs> shell spine before it gets too contaminated <laughs> and <laughs> move on absolutely brutal Narcos just gonna spin good. his daggers and then sheath them pat uh festig on the back ask are you okay big guy uh, I've been better, but I'm fine. Thanks for the help. Oh, uh, I should thank uh, you, I think. <laughs> that fest egg you Anytime. got. Um, here, let me see if I can help you with that uh, that that scratch there. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll be fine. I I think I can recover. But uh, well, th- this is this is for me. Okay. This is I, okay. So need a chance I'm, to try, heal. This try world. to be quick. <laughs> Where there's an infant. An adult is not far behind. Point point taken. Uh, and I want to try and craft a spell to uh, just kind of uh, do some stop the bleeding uh, of that scratch there. Yeah. So let's let's have you pick a modifier to use the spell. You'll roll your dice, and you will add any sort of uh, magical item, spell, staff. You said you had a staff. You can yep. add the modifier to that to the spell. Um. This is a very easy wound, so it will not take a lot to heal it. Okay. The effect you're going to pick is HP. Yeah. Okay, so I think what I want to do is... Would aware make sense to... The awareness would be a great spellcasting modifier. I think that awareness of those magical energies would definitely be something to draw from, but it's how the dice is going to roll. Gotcha. So yes, your awareness will help, but how the dice rolls will dictate how well the spell does. Uh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I'll use aware then. Uh, so that's a five on the dice plus three aware. Eight. Okay. Eight, eight. And then your staff? Or are you using this without your staff? Uh, I think I'm using it without my staff this time. I think he's... Great. For for healing stuff, I think I want to try and do more like hands-on type stuff. Yeah. Uh Easily done. You essentially okay. gave him seven additional health points that he now can't even internalize, but <laughs> you at least at any time with your dice, you can give at least one health point. You can give it okay. most with your dice, six. Okay. So that's that's essentially how that works when it comes to casting a healing spell. It's hmm. the size of your of your mastery die. Gotcha. But then you add the modifier to pump in some extra juice and then modifiers from your items. Perfect. So knowing all of that, you have done very good. This has been an awesome combat. This is Guaranteed Adventures. Running this adventure is Dale from Right on Dale. The players are Tim as Wintrek, Kyle as Nyrax, and Nathan as Festig. This is a special creator quest we are doing with Dale in a TTRPG system and world he is creating. We'll see you next week for episode four of Eshabel Tolls, Fallen. <laughs>